This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome along to the latest episode of The Bottom Line here on the Blood Red channel. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along as we look at Liverpool from a different angle. As well as what's going on on the pitch, we aim to keep you in the know with what's happening off the pitch too, particularly on the financial side. With Redbird Capital looking to swoop and make a move to buy Italian giants AC Milan, I'm here with our business of football writer Dave Powell to explore how, why and what impact it could have for FSG and the Reds. Dave, it's been a while since we've been on one of these pods together. I hope you're keeping well. And uh, as I say, we've we've got a pretty meaty story to, to get our teeth into today. Yeah, it's been rumbling on for a, for a couple of weeks now. It's um, the Redbird made no secret in the past about the fact they wanted to add to their own portfolio. Um, I mean, this is an aside from from their investment to FSG. Um, this is this is their own vehicle, which is is being used to to push this ahead, um, but. I think the AC Milan one came out a, a bit out of left field, really. Um, they'd looked at beforehand, they'd looked at uh, before they took over Toulouse in 2020 in the summer, they looked at over 80 clubs, a lot of those in Italy. Um, and, and that meant that they built up kind of a dossier of <clears throat> of clubs and, and they knew their finances, the potential, the media rights, etc. So they'd done a lot of due diligence prior to this. Um, but this came out of out of left field a bit because of the fact of the exclusivity talks between InvestCorp, who had been looking to acquire AC Milan for, for the last couple of months, uh, and Elliott Management, who, who were the current owners of the club. Um, those exclusivity talks had ended; the period had ended, which meant it was kicked open back to the to the table for others to come to it. So Redbird have, have, have sensed the opportunity and they've come in with an offer. So it's it's potentially a you know. A, a huge acquisition. They are one of the you know, European football's most storied football clubs, and I think um, to, to have them um, within their portfolio would be a, a real coup for for Redbird. Yeah, for those listening who may be kind of not on top of it all the time in terms of exactly who Redbird are, they're the group obviously led kind of by Jerry Cardinale, who invested what into to FSG, isn't it? They have a, a an interesting stake in FSG and as you say been looking to acquire a club I think I'm right in saying Malaga was maybe one of those they were looking at at once upon a time but AC Milan to me as you said they're, they're one of Europeans football's most storied clubs along with Liverpool seems to be very much a, a difference kind of maybe in, in, in calibre to certainly what I was kind of expecting to see them make a move for. Yeah, I mean the the investment into to FSG was was concluded in March of last year, and that was seven hundred and fifty million dollars for an eleven percent stake of the company. And and what that did was uh, allow FSG um, some capital into the business to push ahead with some acquisition. I mean, they did so with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, if you were to look at the the investment into FSG, I believe was made on a, a valuation of the whole empire of being around um, around seven and a half. To eight billion dollars, um, the value of FSG as an empire now is expected to. It's been reported in various sources, like of Forbes, etc., um, to be pushing the ten billion mark, which seems about right given the increased value of their own sports properties, such as Liverpool, and then also you add in, in the Pittsburgh Penguins into the mix as well. Now, um, so they've already, you know, that that seven hundred fifty uh, million pound investment has already. Uh, increased in, in in size considerably, um, but yeah, they they'd been in the market. I mean, the Toulouse situation was they bought a club which had been relegated from League uh, League A, um, and then they the they picked it up at a low ebb, 
uh, came close to getting promotion last year. This year, they've won the title. They'll be going back to the top tier of French football next season. They've done it very much in a similar make-up to what Liverpool did. They focus on seeking value where others don't. They're, they're trying to put in that kind of strategy. And it's, it's been led by Damien Camoli, who's the uh, the president there at Toulouse. Um, he's obviously well-known to, to Liverpool and FS Chief from his time at the Reds. But um, they've been looking elsewhere. So the Malaga Malaga story was was last year. They bought a small shareholding in Malaga, who are now a second tier side uh, in Spain. They were a, um, a Champions League quarter finalist not too long ago, probably eight nine years ago. Um, but th- that was done. That small stake was done so that they could have a seat at the table um, should uh, the club kind of look towards a full takeover. Because at the moment. It's a club mired in, in in its future is mired in the courts really because there's an argument over the Alfani's and uh, Blue Bay Hotel Group who who part own the football club and um, so, so Malaga has been um, been run by a court appointed um, administrator for the past two years so I think uh, Breadbird have parked their their interest in that for the time being they still have the shareholding but I don't think they're actively pursuing that um, aggressively at the moment and um, the AC Milan one came came up because the valuation that the, the the club when you compare it to um you know you look around the Premier League Chelsea's just been sold for two and a half billion to acquire um AC Milan for for what is believed to be just over a billion is is the asking price um seems especially when you've got Champions League football I mean they're, they're gonna win Serie A uh, it looks like um, yeah two points ahead of Inter aren't they with, with yeah and I think so the the final round of games is is, is this weekend potentially over I think um but Champions League football is assured. Um, there's a, you know, there's a fairly healthy uh, TV deal there. But obviously, it's a brand as well. So you have it's very, you know, it's such a marketable place, Milan. It's like if you look at what um, Paris Saint Germain have done, they've turned that whole thing into a brand. You know, because it's you know fashion capital of the world. But Milan is very much similar to that. So there's a real brand to sell there, and I think they feel that there is a the potential to to um, to grow that. Um, Further than than what it is at the moment, um, so they are. It, it, the it, the it, the way it stands at the moment is that um, Redbird and, and are engaged in in dialogue with with Elliot management, but um, I still think that Investcorp feel that they are the front runners in this. They'd already quite far down the road um, in terms of the process, but um, I believe that the the ownership group hasn't been too impressed with the fact that Investcorp have been quite vocal in the media about. Um, about things uh, in recent weeks, and also Elliot management on. Uh, there is no requirement for them to sell. It was an opportunity that was presented to them, um, and one that they followed. So, so it could still be that the, the ownership of AC Milan remains in the hands of Elliot management, which is run by Paul Singer, who is um, kind of an investment. Um, veteran uh in based in new york i mean his his fund is is only a few blocks from from redbird so it's uh i'm, I'm sure that their paths have crossed previously um jerry cardinale and paul singer but there is a lot um there's a lot of potential within within at milan i think that is um and, and the opportunity to present itself and like anything with you know in investment you you invest at the right time or when an opportunity comes you know comes available and that's what happened with AC Milan so um, I'm not too sure whether it was on the uh, if you would have asked me this six months ago whether it was on the agenda but certainly once you know the the club became open um the dialogue around the sale I think it was um, it's been a bit of a no-brainer 
so how would it impact Liverpool? What what kind of effect would Redbird Capital taking over AC Milan have? I mean, would it create? I know we've we've kind of spoken a number of times about kind of you see the City Football Group, you see Red Bull, you see kind of how these unions are created. But going back to the point of of Liverpool and AC Milan, would both want to be the elite club within any kind of type arrangement? Would this create a union between the two clubs. I mean, you mentioned Toulouse. We've we've not really seen any, for example, transfer dealings from Liverpool to Toulouse. Maybe once they're in the top flight, might be maybe a, an avenue for loan players to go on. Who knows? We'll we'll have to wait and see. But AC Milan, as I say, with them with them being so big and everything, would this impact Redbird Capital's interests in in FSG wider in Liverpool in maybe ultimately taking more of a stake in FSG or would this more be a case of, as I say, creating a union there that actually having a foot in both camps is, is beneficial to them? I don't think there'll be a union created because I, I think um, there'll be a, there'll always be clear separation between what Redbird do with their own investment vehicle and um, on, on what they do with FSG. Um, I don't see those two things crossing over, um, but, but I do think that Redbird eventually, I mean, Jerry Cardinale said this in an interview with the Boston Globe, that he would be, you know, they are looking, they would be looking in the future to to increase the amount of capital that they've invested in FSG, which in turn would then be used to potentially acquire more clubs. I think any union that comes for Liverpool happens from from within, um, but obviously that could, could arise from extra capital that comes into the business through, through uh, the help of Redbird, which allows them to purchase more clubs. But um, in the case of, of Redbird, it won't. They don't have a uh, any individuals that sit on any management committees um, within the football club. Um, they have no direct influence over the football club. They are they are at the moment they're the third biggest investor in into FSG at eleven percent. So you you know there, there is no with Red Bull. There was an issue um, some years ago when uh, RB Leipzig and, and Red Bull Salzburg. Both um, they, Salzburg almost you know, were lifted up to a similar level of of like almost got too big for what they expected. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. I mean, because there was there was a there was a quite clear um, kind of chain of command. Um, what existed, it was kind of FC Leifering and um, it, in, and then you had uh, Salzburg and then Leipzig, and, and a lot of these players moved through that through that system. Um, I mean, a lot of players that we know, I mean, the likes of Hina Kanate and. Uh, and, and Sadio Amani was at Salzburg as well, Nabi Keita. So, but I think um, this for uh, won't impact. I mean, it, there is no conflict of interest in terms of uh, an ownership stake here for for Redbird um, if they do acquire AC Milan. Um, it wouldn't affect their commitment to FSG. And from what I'm told from people close to the the deal from from the Redbird side, it's um, that their their intentions remain the same for FSG to to continue to play an active role in growing the business and, and investing more capital, um, and that may be through you know, they may look to invest more capital to to potentially acquire an NBA team, which I believe will probably be in Las Vegas um, in the next couple of years, which LeBron James will likely front when he finishes his playing career. But um, they they're being quite uh, kind of. A, smart in, in terms of separating their their interests between what they do with Redbird and what they do with FSG um, to, to avoid any, you know, because the idea for, for Redbird, they would love to lose to, to be in the Champions League um, because that's where the, the money in is and the lucrative 
uh, nature of, of French football because the media deal in, in France at the moment isn't great because of the uh, media pro TV deal that collapsed um, early on in its contract uh, about eighteen months or so ago. At the on, you know, just just after the onset of the pandemic. Um, so that's kind of not recovered to to the kind of levels, and it's still way behind the Premier League, um, as is you know the, La, uh, La Liga and Serie A. They all trail, but but there is you know, you know if you can get into European football, Champions League football, that's where that's where the, the money is. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. La Liga and Serie A though have kind of in recent times, haven't they, tried to kind of sell more international rights, which has been one of the, the great successes of the Premier League. And I remember reading some stuff around Serie A in terms of how they were kind of planning to really break into to certain markets and see if they could expand kind of their, their portfolio of, of broadcast rights, I suppose. But kind of when you were, you were talking there, I mean, the French game, whilst maybe not the most lucrative in, in a business sense, the division, the league, has shown itself to be very competitive in terms of training on players and developing them. And I'm just wondering, kind of, and it, and it is pure speculation, playing devil's advocate, really here, Dave. In terms of the bigger, I suppose, Redbird get and the more investment, the more clubs they have with the whether it's the formal relationship or whether it's just the the contacts that FSG have shared contacts with Redbird. You mentioned there kind of the deals that Liverpool have done down the years with the Red Bull group and obviously have built very strong links there. I suppose if there's almost an in-house version that's created this empire that Redbird have, that they have to lose, they have AC Milan, potentially Malaga, the situation resolves itself there and they do become active again. And there's kind of that chain there and the flow through of players. For those that maybe AC Milan don't take or reach a value actually where Redbird go, on the open market, we could get more than what actually selling to AC Milan would be worth. Hey, Liverpool, are you interested? You can kind of see there how it kind of marries together, if if you see my trainer. Yeah, and, and they will, you know, they will have access, I'm sure, to insights that um, that the other clubs don't. Um, I mean, there's been there's been no, you know, no nothing, no, no official partnership or, or anything formalised. Um, but recently, Liverpool have been looking at um, trying to find some kind of simpatico relationship with um, a Spanish team Elche. Um, kind of, even if it's just nothing around a takeover. This is FFP. Now, this is just purely around um, things like data sharing, um, potentially developing players through you know loans. The, the thing is for Liverpool, if they're, they're very keen for their players to get not just experiences out on loan and game time, they have to be appropriate experiences with um, with clubs that will enable them to, to flourish and, and realise their their potential. Um, and I think, you know, maybe further on down the line, Toulouse presents that. But I think at the moment, um, this is a real, uh, it's been a really kind of prolific period for, for Redbird in terms of their investments and how they've spent. You look at the last two years, what they've, what they've done, they've been at the vanguard of, of sports investment they've put their money in um into not just football but cricket in the IPL with the Rajasthan Royals um they've the XFL uh, which is the kind of the spring football league it's kind of the razzmatazz version of the NFL it's not not designed to compete with the NFL but it's designed to fill that void when uh, the NFL season finishes that has been given a huge boost by the fact they've managed to secure a multi-year streaming deal with Disney um so all these things they're Really, they're smart cookies and they know what they're doing. So, um, 
I, they don't do anything off the cuff. I don't think. I think there there would be a plan in place to have you know kind of a a multitude of, of clubs. How it all fits into to Liverpool in the future um, remains to be seen. Because at present they are they've been quite explicit to say that you know we are just investors into FSG, but it's a I think it's a a partnership which which is likely to grow only stronger um, as you move through the years, especially when you consider, you know, John Henry and Tom Werner uh, are in their 70s now and, and how, you know, how long do they want to continue to to be? Um, the kind of the leaders of, of the group, I mean, you know, businessmen like making money um, and it's very rare that you see them retire early. I mean, you only have to look at the richest list. Uh, I suppose you can look at the top 10 richest list in Forbes. Um, I imagine a lot of them are, um, are in their 70s, etc. But um, I, I just wonder, you know, maybe it's part of succession plan. I, I don't know. But I know that they, I do know that they, they want to continue to build their relationship with FSG and this, you know, any potential acquisition of, of AC Milan won't affect that um, in the short term. It just might mean that the, they maintain that separation for a little longer. I'm just seeing this rosy time where Divock Origi, of course, has been heavily linked with AC Milan. He's off there. You mentioned Camoli, of course, at, at Toulouse. There's all these Liverpool links within. They're all kind of one big happy family and everything. Shares around Europe in a fantastic uh, way. Well, but we'll I, have to... I do imagine that, that things like... Um, that data sharing, etc. I'd imagine if, if Redbird did acquire AC Milan, I'd expect them to follow a, a very similar route as to what FSG have at Liverpool, because it's ultimately, um, I know from from speaking to, to, to sources at both, it's um, they are drawn to each other by their kind of love of, of analytics and and and. and Moneyball, I suppose, and you only have to see that through the fact that Jerry Cardinale and Billy Bean have a special purpose acquisition company together, Red Bull. Um, so all these things tie in together. So um, it's a, it's like a Venn diagram, but um, where where it ends up, uh, it is quite is unclear yet. But at the moment, um, they are they are pushing hard for, for this takeover. Although you know, as I say, Investcorp probably still just about in the driving seat. Yeah, no, I suppose we'll leave speculation at this point, I'm going to say, but I don't think it's been confirmed where Michael Edwards' next club perhaps is. So let's leave that one up in the air <laughs> and move on. But the final point I want to mention, Dave, is just kind of obviously the season is drawing to a close. Liverpool in yet another Champions League final. The summer transfer window is coming around. Too many, Jude Bellingham, two guys who've heavily been been linked with Liverpool and kind of the, the the types of deals maybe that a couple of years back you wouldn't really be thinking Liverpool would make so often these big name transfers. Obviously, Diaz was, was summer business brought forward. But I suppose really with you mentioning there kind of the, the uh, how much the, the empire is now worth to FSG, we really are seeing the long-term seeds that were planted even back to before the last Champions League win that really now bearing fruit with Liverpool all these commercial types they are securing as well as the, I suppose the impact of the Nike deal kicking in that really Liverpool now have put themselves with the model they've operated into a very very strong financial position and won't be long before really year in year out in the transfer market they, they really can compete fully. Well the, the idea of the FSU always had with Liverpool is it's supposed to wash its own face um and you know pumping in um <clears throat> cash into the business which will just be used in the in the transfer market which would just be shown as heavy losses and into the accounts that hasn't really um ever been their way 
but what I can see already is the success that has been brought over the past two or three years by, by Jurgen Klopp um, is now being able to be leveraged. So they've got a couple of key deals coming up. Um, I mean, if you think, if they do manage to win the Premier League um, on Sunday, um, it, it would be, a, you know, be a, be something of a miracle. You, you're expecting City to drop points again. Um, but then if they win the Champions League, it, it's so much leverage to be had in, in success globally. They're already, um, you know, they've accelerated past um, the likes of United, etc. in that respect. And they have a huge shirt deal to renegotiate next year, um, whether it's with standard chartered remaining. But my hunch is that it, it would be up there um, on a par, at least, with the biggest in world football. Um, and then they have another one to negotiate with Expedia, which was worth £10 million a year for the shirt, sleeve, uh, for the shirt sleeves. Um, Chelsea managed to negotiate a £20 million deal with um, Whalefin, a crypto firm, um, for theirs moving forward. So Liverpool have all this leverage. They are the most, you know, they are uh, at the pinnacle of the European game. They are a global brand which surpasses Manchester City uh, in terms of its reach. And they have all these things. So you've got the Nike deal, the way that that's structured, and also all these sponsorship deals which are coming up, um, which they will be able to get a huge lift on from what, what was seen previously. So all that is what will help fund um, kind of more action in the transfer market. So whether it's a big one this summer, I'm not convinced. Um, it, it will be, uh, I know it's probably Liverpool fans get sick of hearing, oh, next summer, it's always next summer. But um, Diaz would have been a summer acquisition, I wonder. Uh, it all depends what the market does. I mean, the money is, will be there to, to bring someone in. Um, but obviously watching the bottom line and ensuring a profitable business is also a key consideration of Liverpool. And, and it's something which is they've managed to, to do while achieving success. And obviously they've got clock tied down now for the longer term. So fingers crossed that will, um, that will continue to be. Yeah. Nice mention and, and plug there for the bottom line. Indeed here, Dave on the bottom line podcast. Great to chat with you as ever. And uh, yeah, get the lowdown on Redbird Capital's movements and perhaps that buyout for AC Milan. We'll have to keep an eye on how that does play out and the rest of the commercial deals that Liverpool are looking to tie up. Head across to the Liverpool Echo website to keep an eye on all of Dave's writings that are coming up on the website. Until next time, though, from myself, Guy Clark and Dave Powell, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.